You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Yo, what's up, everybody? This podcast is brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. Go there, support the movement and the podcast by copying some merch. We have a lot of stuff on there. You can also follow me at HoyerRock357 on Instagram. There's always upcoming news about Madball or the, or the smoking word, any upcoming guests and all that good shit. And you can finally catch us on Spotify. I did it for all my worldwide European hardcore family and all you other animals around the world. And you can follow us on iTunes. So go there, rate us, uh, leave a message. You can also contact us now at the Smoking Word Podcast at yahoo.com. So if you want to send any shout outs, any questions for the show, hit us up. Today's guest, my good friend, four-time Muay Thai champion, Eric Urch. All right. Welcome Let's set this up. to the Smoking Word. Everybody, welcome to the Smoking Word. I got my bro, Eric Urch. Right? <laughs> yep. Butch, yep. Yeah, live and direct. He's a two and a half time <laughs> world kickboxing champion, Muay Thai champion, correct? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Four time, four time world Muay Thai. Four time champion. That I, you know, I try not to give him too much props because as you can see, the head's already big enough. Yeah, <laughs> any bigger. But um yeah. no, I'm what's good what's going on? So you're at the gym now. That that's where you're you're coming in from, right? Yeah, I'm coming in from the gym. I, was at, I don't have any of this uh, electronic stuff, so I had to go to my manager's, and he hooked all this. I have, like, three different cameras on me and all that stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't know where, where to look. Yeah, not yeah. good shit. I've been wanting yeah. to get you. I told you I wanted to get you on, not because I wanted to get you on. It's because, you know, <laughs> you have a very interesting story with how you came up and all that and getting into the fight game and all that shit. I love oh, the yeah. story, and I was like, I got to let people know, but I was like, I want people to know first – First of all, right now, what's up with um your home? You're working. What's the whole deal with this whole pandemic? Uh, yeah, shit? I'm working. I'm working right now. Um, I, I'm trying to start the security business myself, doing the security for uh, like actors, um, rock bands, female actresses, whatever. So I'm about to leave next month. I'm going to a, a choice between Miami or Virginia to a EPI. It's um they used to do like presents and stuff. So I'm getting ready to do that, and I'm just here in my hometown. It's my birthday tomorrow, so I'm visiting my folks and stuff. Oh, so, happy uh, birthday. Not, happy early birthday. Yeah, it was just your birthday, too. Happy a belated birthday. Yeah, you know how you know? we do, man. Feeling strong. Can't Virgo squat. <laughs> yeah, you know, getting in shape. Getting in shape. Yeah, I'm yeah, we're going to get into that for sure because, um, yeah, like I said, I, you know, for everybody out there, this is one of my brothers, and he has a very interesting story, and you know, from fighting and just coming up and everything and from how he, how he got into fighting is, is a very crazy story and interesting. It bugged me out. But um, yeah. let's start from the beginning. Where do you grow? I know a lot of this shit already, so, but yeah, yeah. where did you for, grow for, up? For the fans. Yeah, for, the, for your fans. Well, I grew up in uh, this town called Allentown, Pennsylvania. It's about maybe two hours or so from uh, New York City, about an hour from New Jersey. And, um... That's about, I mean, that's the town I grew up in, you know. And um, as a kid, what kind of kid were you young? Like, as a young kid, were you a shy kid? Were you an active kid? Like, when you were young, uh, I, was a, 
I was an awesome kid. I was in uh, I was in that class for behavioral bad kids for kids that can't stay still and and always touching other kids like in not in a sexual way but in a fist <laughs> way. <laughs> so I, I was a really active kid and uh, uh, I guess a, a problem child. I guess you would say. So, yeah. That, so from a young age, you were just always jittery and I'm always am- amped up. You know, always amped up. You know, I, I liked Rocky. I liked Conan. I liked professional wrestling. You know, like Jimmy Snuka, Hulk Hogan. You know, the guys we grew up with. Like. I was always into that stuff and, and just, you know, just, um, alpha, 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 alpha kids. Yeah. Always, always in a context, but my parents tried to put me in karate when I, when I was a youth, like when I was really young, but it just, it just didn't work out good. I would take karate and go to school and take people's lunch money. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so young, you were like that, but, um, did you hang when you were real young? Did you hang out with a lot of kids? Were you kind of alone? No, I, I was, I was in a, a neighborhood with, uh, with, with really when my parents were together I was in a neighborhood with really wealthy wealthy like kids so like not no one really hung out it wasn't like like the neighborhood where everyone hung out on the bicycles or whatever like everyone had big ass houses and they were separated and you only seen each other in school like the bus would stop pick up this kid stop pick up that kid you wouldn't even have the bus stop together or nothing like that so yeah. I was always by myself so I had a lot of a lot of toys you know and my my, fa- my father wasn't the friendliest person so uh you know, he was never really around. Yeah, he no, was around, but like he yeah, he rather buy me a he a he man and tell me to go play with my not really. Yeah, he never gave you no time, right? Yeah, you know, he had his own things. And, like, and, yeah, that's, that's that's all. He had his own hobbies. You know, he he collected antique cars and 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 you know, you know, and then it was like if if he took time away from that to hang out with me, it would uh uh he, he might lose out on a deal he might you know whatever so he yeah. just never did. what i, I love to tell quick that story uh, you were the 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 trucks the, the bus stop going to the bus school. stop yeah like, the, 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 oh man i was maybe maybe uh, uh kindergarten or had to be kindergarten my mother takes me to the bus stop and then we're, we're waiting for the bus and i'm all dressed all dorky with a little a briefcase for school and the bus was pulling up and I, my mother my mother used to drink and smoke and she grabbed a hold of me and I was like, what the, and she was like, nobody likes a rat. Like, Just so you know, nobody likes a rat. I remember looking up at my mom. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I'm telling yeah. you, that's hard. That's so hard. Yeah, my, 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 mom my, was from the city. my mom was from the city. Like, my mom grew up in like more ur- urban areas. Yeah. And my, my father was more for, from the uh, suburbs. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, and um, the, the 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 part also that also uh, that makes me laugh about you is oh your your, your crazy taste in music. So what was your yeah. first? What was the first music you got into early on? What was like the things you gravitated to? Oh the the, the oh definitely hair metal from the eighties. You know, like in my area, oh, that was that huge. Shit now, I, I still love it, man. I moved to LA because of that stuff. Like the the first the first uh, CD or tape I ever bought was uh, Metallica's Black Album. And then I remember I had the the usual, uh, usual illusions albums from Guns N' Roses, even though the stuff earlier that was a lot better. But you know I like all that stuff, Motley Crue, Rat, and all, all that stuff, like jamming out. Like, that was my shit. You know? How old were you when you started getting into music? About uh, probably when my parents separated. Because uh, my, when my parents separated, we my, my mom had to go back to her mother's house, so we had to move to like the to the hood, and then. Um, you know, then then I just didn't know anybody, and I was like, it was fucking welcome to the jungle. You know, I was like, fuck, a lot different than the country or the suburbs. So I just stayed in my room all the time, just listened to radio and made. You know, back back in our day, we had tapes. We made mixed tapes, like record songs off the off the 
in whatever radio station it is, like Metallica and Ugly Kid Joe and like, have your own mixtape and, and collect Hip Raider and, and all, all those magazines. You know, I'd walk to the grocery store and get magazines. But still, I was always by myself, you know. And um, so you guys, your first tape was Metallica, and then you got into all the hair metal stuff. But yeah. but, but you you already kind of got the bug for some heavy stuff with the Metallica, right? Yeah, I mean, I always I always like that like that type of stuff. Yeah. Then then when I you know, then I as as I got older, I started hanging out with uh, older kids, and then you know, my buddy Mark, my buddy Mark from uh, from he was actually from York, but when I met him, he was in my town. He he gave me Scarhead and Madball and stuff like that because I was already getting into the, I was already somewhat in the punk scene. I was listening to like Oi and and different different type of punk music, and then he was like, "Yo, that that stuff isn't as good as this New York hardcore stuff." So, the first album I think he gave, the uh, first CD he gave me was a, uh, I think it was a, uh, Drugs, Money, Sex from Scarhead. I think that was my first hardcore CD I had. N- nice I introduction had, uh, into the hardcore shit, right? Yeah, that then uh, I, he gave uh. Album I got tattooed on my arm from you guys. Uh, it was the EP. And I thought it was hard because you guys had like two songs in Spanish. And I was like, yeah, shit's fucking hard. It even sounds hard in Spanish. <laughs> what was that called? It was all, all I'm, I'm real bad with album names. It was all blue with a, a ball on it. Yeah, I forgot which one. I know which one. I think it was a hardcore EP, maybe. I forgot. Yeah, I think New York hardcore EP. That was exactly what it was. Then I went to the record store and it had the poster on the wall. And I, I was, uh, when I was, uh, Eight years old, my parents forgot about my birthday. So then I was like, all right, it was like two weeks later. And my sister's like, you know, you forgot about Eric's birthday. And then uh, they're like, oh, then I come to me, oh, you forget about your birthday. We're going to take you to a special toy store. So, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, wow, where am I going? Like yeah. Toys R Us on steroids, probably. Yeah. They take me to thrift drugs. And I was like, this is fucking horrible. They're like, you can pick out anything you want. I was like, it's one aisle, <laughs> you know? So I ended up grabbing, the mat- I grabbed the Mad Ball. And Screaming Meanie, and it was almost identical to the one you have. You know, it was a baseball one. Then when I was older and I seen that poster, I was like, I want that fucking poster. So I go to the guy at the record store. I was like, oh, how can I get that poster? He's like, oh, come back in the week. And I got the, the EP. I got the EP and the poster. It was great. That's and it was good. And so, you guys all played Pride in Spanish, which was hard. And I got yeah. the other stuff. And everybody, yeah. now, I know you love hardcore, especially not all hardcore, but I know you like a lot of hardcore so you were listening stuff, to yeah. Oi and stuff before hardcore? Yes, some some Oi stuff, you know, like um, you know what whatever, whatever I heard, like whatever. I mean, I was getting tattooed at a young age. I started getting tattooed by bikers already. I was 13 years old. They just didn't care. If I, you had cash, they would tattoo you. So I was getting tattooed already, and whatever they would be playing at the tattoo shop. But I'm know, saying, so you went from like, you know, you were listening to Metallica, uh, Motley Crue, all that stuff. And then you got into, did you get into any punk rock stuff or you went straight into the kind of the oi-ish kind of? I mean, of- what, whatever, whatever was on the radio, you know, you had, you had the Rancids and what else yeah. was around back then and stuff like that. Shout out to Lars. Lars always takes me on the road with him. A great yeah, guy. Shout out to, um, yeah, you could catch Eric with um old firm casuals. Casuals. You know, working on him, or sometimes you can even catch him with us on the road. You yeah, catch with him. you guys. You know, I was with a, b- a bunch of different people. It's going good. Um, yeah, no, you know, you know, you know, the whole punk rock thing. Like, who was around back then? I'm trying to think. It was such a long time ago. You had, you had rancid. You know, and then the and I, my age bracket, the grunge stuff was coming in, which I really wasn't into the whole grunge thing. It really yeah. killed the hair metal. That's why I really didn't like the grunge stuff that much. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, so also then and then when you got into hardcore, you just got into I know you, you like your select bands and that was Yeah, enough. I mean I I like the Mad Balls, I like the Scarheads, 
you know, I, I like Blood for Blood before before the the kid touching incident. Um, you know, you know stuff like that. You know, like you know, like the 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 cream of the crop, the the best of the best. You know? Yeah, because you know, I, I you know, I even though obviously this podcast is you know I do it and I'm in a hardcore band and I try not to just make it a hardcore podcast, but music is part of everybody's life, you know, in one way or another. It's like the soundtrack of how you live and and especially on what you do. Let, let's get, what I want to know is this. So what may, you always, uh, in a, what do you call it? A real anxious, you said, upbeat kid, getting into yeah. a lot of scraps. What, 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 was, what was the first martial art you trained in? Well, when I was a kid, kid, my parents tried to put me in karate, uh, Amer- American karate, trying to get me calmed down. It just, it didn't work. But then the first martial arts I tried is like a, uh, a like mid-teen or something. I went by myself. I was uh, Henzo Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, the best Jiu-Jitsu. Yep, that's right. I want, you know, big shot at the Henzo Gracie. That guy is the, he he's the OG for the New York hardcore guys in so many ways. And not only that, he's probably one of the best humans in the world. We'll get into um, that because. um the biggest, biggest heart in the world. Yeah, Take uh, you know, for people that, you know, right now the whole um, on Jiu-Jitsu craze is all over the world. And it's and I love it, and we've been big fans of it for many years. And I actually trained with Henzo a little bit back in the day when, you know, the great thing about a guy like that is um, world champion, you know, fighter on TV. But the, I, I never met a, somebody who gave back to the to his people like yeah, he did. He, yeah. you know, and and so 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 how did that come up? How did you discover BJJ? Well, I, I was in um, what was it? 10th, 10th or 11th grade, and I had a big mouth, and the UFC just came out. It was like UFC 1 or 2, and I was in gym class, and I'm like, there's no way this small-ass dude is beating up all these big-ass dudes, because at this point, all my friends, they're older than me. They're out of high, They're all juiced up, fucking, you know, yeah. monkey, huge, beating people up at, uh, at shows, beating people up in bars. I'm like, there's no way this skinny-ass dude is beating up all these big-ass dudes. So I'm running my mouth in gym class, and this dude – this kid, uh, Jason, looked over at me. He's like, hey. He's like, uh, my brother's really good friends with these guys. He's like, they're going to be at my, be at his um, at this place this weekend. If you have such a big mouth here, maybe you want to come over there and have a big mouth there. And I, you know, I was like, I'm game. Let's go do this. So I fucking, I forget if I rode my bike or if I had my mom drop me off. So I walked on in and Henzo and all these guys are there. You know, first of all, stop right there. That's hard already. You drove – you might have rolled your bike or your mom's dropped you off for uh, your yeah, first talent match. I, 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 was, I was a horrible driver. So <laughs> not that I was driving school. So, so uh, yeah, you drove with me. <laughs> I was like, you're like, ah. but, so uh, you find that you show up there and, and what happened? I show, I show up. It was a, uh, a cry gym that uh, this guy that was Henzo, trained with Henzo, he's a purple belt, Brian Miller. He would rent it out and, and, and have classes. So, I walked in and then the, the kid Jason was there who uh, told me to come and I was like, what's up? And I looked at Henzo and I was like, I'm going to beat you up. And then, uh, and then he was like, no, 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 man. I'm, he's like, he's like, why don't you, why don't you fight my, my, my little friend? You fight my little friend. Then you fight. Me. I was like, I'm going to beat up your little friend. Then I'm going to beat up you. He's like, okay, my man. He's like, man. and it, this, <laughs> I walk, take my shoes off, you know, being, you know, you get to get your shoes off, get on the mat and this fucking little kid, he ties me up in a pretzel. And I was like, what the, and then he's like, oh, beginner's luck. Let's, let's try again. I was swinging, whatever, taking me down, tie me up in a pretzel again. I was like two or three times I'm sitting at the end of the mat. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And he comes over. He's like, what do you think about jujitsu? At this point, 
a lot of my a lot of my friends were bullies, so they would bully me and bully people at shows. And I was like, wow, if I learn this, I can bully the bullies. And that yeah. was my thing. And then I looked at Hensel, I was like, wow, I really like this. He's like, okay. He's like, you keep coming back. He's like, when my, my friend tells you he's going to train, he's like, you keep coming back. So, you know, I had no job at the time, so I was hustling my lunch money, doing whatever I can, enough. Just was cheap back then, in the beginning, in the beginning. So then I started coming, and Hensel, it was a couple of weeks of training, and then Hensel asked if I was there, and he's like, yeah. So he's like, oh, Tom, bring him to New York. Tom, I went to the city. So I get to the city, I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And then uh, I go, I train. And um, training in the city a little bit. And this guy comes in my town and was like, we're looking for fighters for this show. Dan Maragatti from the UFC yeah. used to have this thing called Bama, Bayside Academy of Martial Arts. I remember like, that. Yeah, no no rules, gloves, no nothing. So this guy comes in and he's like, oh, like, you know, like hold it out. He's like, yo, we're for some. And I was like, I'll fight. And I had like two weeks, three weeks of training. That's it. <laughs> and then they get to the gym. We're like, what? I was like, I ain't scared. I'll fight. So I, I, I go, I go and I fight. And me and this kid are banging it out. And I finally take him to the ground. I arm bar him. And I get up. And I win. It was so great. I win. Henzo's there. And Hines there. The Sarah brothers were The Sarah brothers were only purple belts at this time. Hines was still alive. And he was there. I'm like, this is great. So I go back. And I fought at Bama two or three more times. Every time I win, I would be all beat up, you know? And I'm like, I'm winning, but like the other guy looks like nothing happened to him. Got an arm <laughs> bar him or triangle choke him. So then uh, Meltzer Maynor had an ad in, um, it was a kick, uh, was it magazine or international kickboxing? And it said, Would you like to be a world champion from your home? And I was like, Yes, it's perfect. I only have to leave my home. Yeah. So I bought these DVDs and started training on these DVDs. But hold on, before we get into that, so you, how long, so when you had your first, um, um, MMA fight, it was what, how many weeks yeah. of jujitsu? Three, three, like three, three weeks. weeks of jujitsu, and you did your first yeah. MMA fight. Yeah, well, it wasn't really MMA back then. Back then, this, this is like 98. Submission it grappling, was, right? Yeah, it, it was, it, well, it was called uh, no holds barred back then, yeah. And then it was, it was, it, was, it wasn't like, like two jujitsu guys that were trained in striking and wrestling. It was like, okay. Here, here's like Tom from the body gym and a Henzo guy, and here's a kung fu guy who has this death touch against like the guy that seen the fucking poster at the bar. Oh, sorry, I cursed. I know you can curse. Yeah, it's. I know what you mean like tough man contest style almost, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So I, I ain't trying to make myself, you know, train three weeks and went in there and beat like, like you know, like Vitor Belfort or something. Like I, I beat, I beat a guy that was probably a kung fu expert or something, you know. You know how it was, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, Bruce that's Leroy. great. I beat, I beat up Bruce Leroy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, and let me ask you this: so, um, how long, how long did you end up training jujitsu for? A uh, year and a half. It was probably a year and a half or so. Uh, I just, I would go like seven days a week. I would do like three days in my city, in, in my town, and then I would take a bus from, uh, from right down the street from my house to Port Authority and walk to Henzo's. As uh, well, originally when I started, was, uh, he was in New Jersey. He was at Gold Gym in New Jersey. And then he went to Charles, probably where you trained with him. That's Charles. why I started training at Charles yeah. with him, yeah. yeah. What was that, 54th Street, I believe? 54th. Yeah, something like that. It, for everybody, yeah, you know, the bus. now um, I have, I've heard, I haven't been there, but Henzo has probably the biggest, best academy in, in the East Coast. And, you know, again, sh sh shout out to Henzo because that guy deserves it. But 
when I started training over there, yeah, he was renting out some mat space out of a, the Kung Fu studio. And it was like yeah, Kung Fu way Charles. smaller he, classes he back then, you remember? Yeah, he was at Charles. And then he went to, uh, it was a, um, a methadone clinic. Yeah, that was the other spot, I remember. Yeah. And then from there, he went to the spot he had. He only had the basement. Now I think he has all, all, all the floors in the building. He how great was it? I don't know how it is there now. I know obviously he still teaches here and there, but back then when you went to train with Hen at Henzo Gracie Academy, Henzo Gracie was teaching you. It didn't matter Henzo if you were a white belt or a black belt. Yeah, it was Henzo. Henzo was there. Then the Sarah brothers went from uh, – brothers. Uh, Matt and Nick would teach them the weekend. Yep. And then uh, – uh, who else was there? Uh, Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Rodrigo, because when I was there, Rodrigo Gracie was there. Um, Ricardo Almeida, who's right Ricardo now Almeida. trading Frankie Edgar and a bunch of guys in New Jersey. Yeah, there was a bunch of good guys there, and a, a, a lot of guys came uh, came from those those gyms in the early days and became really good fighters. You know. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of those guys I saw early on. You know, I didn't train that long, but I trained there. You know, enough. To, to remember faces and you know yeah, look, look at John like, look at John Donahan uh, I believe yeah, yeah. Donahan was a blue belt when I was there and, and already yeah, then was, people were like this guy's special and then look at yeah, we were white belts together then he went to a blue belt uh, before me and then he, you know looking at now you know he's teaching some of the top jujitsu guys in the world, I believe yeah you know, know New York City getting Henzo was very, very uh, a, a gift because that dude really is a special guy. I seen him do the hardest shit. I always t I told this story before him. Me and Royce, a bunch of our boys used to train there a lot. And again, we saw the first early UFCs and we we're like, we got to learn this shit. And, and, and nowadays people learn it for the sport part. We learned it because this is what you use in a street fight. And we were yeah, always, I was, just, I was just, I was just talking to, um, I was just with our brothers the other day, and then he was, he was talking about that. I was like, when when I trained, it was it was weird. Like, it was cops versus cops. There was cops that were trained, and there was cops trained, and the cops knew who they were. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah. You, you just Hanzo yeah. Hanzo. It was like a peaceful land. It was like no 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 racism, no gang, nothing, no whatever. You went, you trained with everybody. You, yep. Everyone was great. And then when you left, you, you went back. You know, went wherever you're gonna go. You know, it's just. Handles was just a special time, a special spot. Yeah, definitely. And, and what I, I tell this story, I told it before. I remember one time, you know, now there's all these fancy moves in jujitsu and all this bullshit. But early on, I remember it was me and Royce. Maybe LD was with me. But I remember he's teaching us a move. He's showing the class a move. It was like a, a inverted arm bar from side control. And then he steps over and arm bars you from the top. And I remember I looked at Royce and I was like... Oh, this is one of those moves they they teach you, you know, to teach you because yeah. it's curriculum. And I remember being like, "Yo, Hanzo, you know, can you really catch somebody in that?" Long story short, he fights Maurice Smith, a kick former kickboxing champion. Yeah, I don't worry, Smith. Yeah. The next week, and he catches him in the fucking same move. <laughs> After that day, yeah. I never questioned Hanzo again. And Hanzo told me. Yo, why would I teach you something that you can't fucking use? And I learned that about Henzo. What Henzo teaches you, you could apply. Shout out to it's Henzo, funny. man. To, to add on to that story, I met Maurice because I, I ended up going to kickboxing. I ended up meeting Maurice Smith years later, and I, I was telling him about that fight, and he's like, 
what threw his whole game plan off. His Henzo came off, and he's like, oh, he's got to shoot right away. He's going to shoot. And he said he came out, he jabbed, and he leg kicked me. Yep. And he's like, this little motherfucker yep. just leg. Yeah, so he's like, this little motherfucker just kicked me. And he threw his brain off. He's like, I can't believe I just get kicked by this guy. Because the, the striking level is way different. Then oh, Henzo shot in and did his thing. But the thing that threw that whole thing off was the first leg kick. And Henzo's like, let's do this. Yeah, you know, you know again, that's, that, that's the shit. And, and again, like, and you also told me that, you know, Henzo helped you out, right? You know, with um, finding some work early on and stuff, right? Oh, well, he got he got me a job at the tonic, and then he got me a job at uh, what was that that um, at chur- uh, the church? Uh, it was a church nightclub in New York. On uh, um, um, uh, limelight, limelight. I got a job at limelight all through Henzo. Henzo, <laughs> my first date. <laughs> you know, uh, also yeah, you Henzo know, helped me a lot, man. That's what I mean. Yeah. That, like that's a very special dude, and I always talk about him because that guy also um he makes you feel like you could do it. He never. You know, and again, in those classes back then, you know, I remember one time everybody lining up, you know, to, we were going to drill some moves and everybody lined up, lined up, lined up. And then who was left was um, Ricardo Almeida, you know, who was a black belt already. And I was a white belt. So I went yeah. on to the side because, you know, some guys, you, you weren't you weren't sure if black belts wanted to roll with white belts. And I remember Henzo was like, yo, yo, where you going, Hoya? And I was like, oh, no, just, you know, but and he goes, nah, get with Ricardo. Everybody trains with everybody. And I thought that was special because, yeah. like you said, everybody that, got that, that was a Henzo thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. all right, so. That was a Henzo gym. With court, like, even the other gyms, you don't really get that, especially. Yeah, know. exactly. You know, and, 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 and I remember this, another thing, man. One, I remember him, like. You know, um, um, well, as far as paying the month off and whatever, and I remember being, you know, tight on money and not showing up for a while. And I remember, yeah, you know, yeah, when I finally yeah, came yeah, back, yeah. he was like, yo, I see a ghost. And I never forget, I felt like embarrassed. And he was like, and I kind of told him, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit rough for money. And he's like, all right, check this out. You get me when you could get me. Now you have no excuse. And I, that shit sticks with me. That shit was fucking 20, over 25 years ago. And um, shout out to Hanzo for the fucking... Yeah. For supporting the New York hardcore scene, he's our guy out here. You know, you know what's up. And uh, how, how, what, yeah. what rank? What he was, um? What he was in some songs. He was with Bill. Hanzo was on. Uh, what was that? Oh, with uh, uh, Biohazard. He sang. Yeah. So I was there when he sang in those songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. That, Bill, it, Bill, you know Billy, a, Billy always took care of those guys. Bill, Billy and Evan yeah, yeah. and those dudes. I'm actually. I'm going to talk to Billy later. I got him on. And, yeah, you know, there's always been a connection because the biohazard guys trained early on also. And, you know, and, and – um, They always yeah, put our guys in those too. Yeah. You know? And um, how, what, what belt did you make it with in jiu-jitsu? I got to a purple belt. I got to wow, a purple, purple belt. And then I, 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 switched, I switched over to – I wanted to do some kickboxing to get my MMA better, you know? Yeah. So let's, and, let's get into that. So, all right, you, 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 you start – you get you 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 get into a couple of um you have a couple of matches, you start seeing that you catch. I have it. like I have four match I have four four fights at uh Bama, and then like I'm winning but my face is getting all beat up. Yep. So I'm like fuck you know like I don't look like I'm winning <laughs> you know yeah. especially when you walk on the street you have two black eyes and whatever. So I started doing kickboxing at home, local gym that was was there, and I, I went I trained with this guy Christian Corley and, and he knew a bit more than me. And then I always, I always wanted to be the best. I was like, I want to, I want to look out for the best. Like Henzo was the best, you know. Yeah. I started going down. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, who's the world champion? And, and Melcher was the world at the time. So I, I was trying to use my smarts, 
And on the back of the video, there, there was a phone number, you know? So I called the phone number and I was like, hey, uh, I'm Henzo Grace's manager. I like to get uh, Mel Trainer come in and train Henzo for upcoming pride. Can you please have him call me back at this phone number? It's like kind of, I was like, about now. So Melcher calls me back like within like a half an hour, 40 minutes. He's like, hello. Hey, my name is Eric Gutch. I bought your videos. There's this guy in my town that says your video is shit. I want my fucking hundred dollars back. You know, because I was a I was a poor kid. You know, I was my, my parents separated. I had no job. Was you know, and then um, he was like, I guarantee everything in my video. So I was like, all right, how can we straighten this out? He's like, well, put a seminar on. Get some of your friends together. Just fly it out there and whatever. I'll come out there and I'll prove to you that these videos are right. So he flies on out. He teaches me whatever. We train together. He must have seen something or whatever. When he was leaving, I was driving off the airport. And I was like, hey, man, you ever need anything, let me know. I was like, I got you. Like, you're, you're some people. And he gives me some fight shorts that he fought in. So I got some magazines from Japan. I was like, this is all right. So a couple, like maybe a month or two later, I get a phone call from Mel. And he's like, hey, are you practicing this stuff in the videos? I said, yeah, I practice stuff in the videos. He's like, you practice stuff I showed you at the seminar? I said, yeah. And I was like, what's up? And he's just like, well, I need a favor. I was like, oh, what do you need? Bucks, 30 bucks. You're like, what's up? He's like, fighter. And I was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know any kickboxers. I, I don't know any. I just know MMA dudes. He's like, no, I want you. And I was like, huh? And he's like, and I was like, fuck, my word good. I'm like, you know, if I tell you I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. So I was like, fuck, I owe, I owe you a favor. So he's like, all right, I want you to fly out to San Diego. We're going we're gonna to train for two weeks, and then we're going to go to Holly, uh, to Hollywood in a fight, you know, he says So they're all right, so I fly out we train train goes great I get to meet all these different people because now I was like the man so um, Go to Hollywood Park Casino Hollywood Park Casino is in like South Central So like I'm driving like where are we going? Like, I see signs for Compton You know, I'm from the stick at this point. I'm from like out the only thing I knew about Compton was like boys in the hood I was like yeah, fuck you guys are taking me out to get shot, <laughs> you know so we get there and I'm nervous now, you know, we, we go in the back door, so I never realized how big the arena was or whatever. Some man's wrapped up by Mel. He's like, oh, Bob I'm like, yeah, like, Bob Rutten's going to come see me. And I, I get up, and I turn around, and me and Bob Rutten are face-to-face. -face. And for some reason, this dude punks me out. I look at the ground right away. I'm like, why is this dude just punking me that? So I go look at his face again. He's looking back at me. I punk out again. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, he's this aura, the aura about Boss. He's just like a great kick-ass dude. I hung out with Boss since then. Uh, he taught to Wayne Ludwig, who's a real good friend of mine. You know, Boss is a great guy, but it's, his aura is just like the man. Yeah. So I go, I go get ready for this fight. They open the curtains up, right? So I'm used to fighting in Jersey. They maybe 200 people, like you know, 300 people at tops. It's it's a high school like uh, schoolyard or a high school gym. I wake up, I step out, there's 5,000 people in this place. I'm looking around, and everyone's cheering. I get so fucking scared. I just take off running, and Mel's like, wait, for me, and I'm running to the ring, and I slide under the ropes, and right then, it's disrespectful in my box. You always go over the ropes. I slide under the ropes, like the Ultimate Warrior or something, and everyone, the whole, like, 5,000 5, people are booing. And boo. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, I'm a way over my head. I'm like looking outside the ring over. There's Boss Rutten. There's uh, Quint, uh, Quint at the time. And there's um, Pedro. His, they all had a gym together. Uh, uh, I think it was called uh, Hollywood uh, BJJ. Yeah, and Those I guys they, were they, there. They all linked up together. Yeah, all, all, right, these, so, all, right. all these things. So right before, fight, 
So right before that fight, you, right before that fight, how long did you train in that kickboxing um, 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 camp and, that you did in, in Pennsylvania before? Well, the, 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 the camp Pennsylvania was just me, me going and like, back, remember back in the day that they had those DVD players, you put the video in and I would watch the video and he would like, do this, do that, do this. And I would just practice on the back. I trained your partner, but I, I had nothing. You know, so, by myself. I, I actually posted a picture on my Instagram, uh, Hooligan5150, um, the other day of my buddy Al, this, this huge-ass black dude. He was like my sparring partner. We were nowhere close in size. But he was uh, he was a heavyweight, and I, I was – at this time, I was a, 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 a regular middleweight. I ended up, ended up being a super middleweight. But, uh, yeah, and he was like my sparring partner, but he really didn't know nothing either. Like, we would watch – he would watch, like, Kung Fu videos, and I would watch, like – Instructional videos, we get in the ring, just pound on each other. We so, really, no yeah, so, besides the two weeks, uh, two weeks prior, I went to Mel's gym. It was called the Boxing Club. He actually sold it now, but now it's a huge franchise. There's like five or six of the boxing clubs now in, in the San Diego area. So basically, you didn't have no real sparring before your first fight. You just no, pounded out with your boy a little nothing. bit, right? Yeah, nothing. Like a, a sparring out with my buddy Al. You know, and, and not, like nothing. H hitting back, like sparring with Mel, but Mel, Mel was like a world champion this time. I, I, like, I have no amateur fights. He just basically kicked the shit out of me all over the ring, and everyone would laugh. You know, like there, there was nothing. There was nothing. You know, it was a, a lot, a lot of, a lot of fucking guts and balls and very little brains, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed, huh? Yeah. But let, all right. So you, 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 have, <laughs> you, you, you said you, you go in the ring. Everybody fight your first. That's your first um, a Muay Thai fight. 5,000 yeah. people. They fly you to California. You had two weeks of official training with, with, with this guy. And you're getting booed. Yeah. Everybody's booing you. It's kind of like when yeah. you show up at one of my shows, we all boo you. But yeah, um, you know it. <laughs> but all right, so you show up, and, and, and what happens? So you're in there, and, and, and yeah, you so know. I go out, and the bell rings. I mean, this, this guy are swinging on each other. You know, he, he's a little bit more crisp in me we're swinging i'm swinging like a caveman like uh, the bell rings i go back to the corner my eyes are everywhere and i was like calm down calm down I'm like oh my god i'm over my head i need to get out of here i'm over my head he said calm down calm down and for some reason his voice made me all calm the bell rings again i walk out there and the guy uh did something and i cracked him bam and i boom he went out he was stiff feet up the air arms up in the air and i was like wow and i looked over at mal and I was like, this is great. And he's like, oh. I was like, and I was like, I'm never going back. And he's like, you know, I was like, I want to do this. And I was like, did you just do like you got beat up and I arm barred someone to go up? You know, you never made him look stiff. You know, I was like, this yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. And then from then on, I just started training Thai boxing all the time. I had like three or four fights under Melcher Maynor and uh, a team Maynor. And then um, uh, we separated ways. He was my manager at the time. He was my manager and my coach at the time. We separated ways, and he sent me to this other guy's uh, Coban. He was in upstate New York, so it was a lot easier to get uh, to him. And through uh, this guy, uh, Chris uh, Kukowski, I started fighting in the city at uh, Friday Night Fights, Justin Blair's organization. Yeah, and, and then uh, you started um, – th that's uh, how because how does it work with the whole um, – all those federations there? So you went – was that a, a professional fight, considered your first professional fight, or you became – No, that, that was an amateur fight. I, I, I had uh, 20, 20 amateur fights, and I had uh, like 25 professional fights all, all together. Yeah. And um, when, when before you turned pro – when you turned pro the first time, who were you training on? You were an upstate camp? No, I was, I was in uh, San Francisco, California uh, with Fairtex. 
Okay, so, had, uh, so you yeah, go to so Coban, right? You, you, you're training yeah, out I went, of I went from, State? Yeah, I went from uh, Melcher to Coban, from Coban to Phil Nurse. Uh, from Phil Talk Nurse. About, for everybody, Phil Nurse, that's also, um, he trains a lot of the Henzo guys. Yeah, he, he trains other guys. He did, uh, George, George St. Pierre, he trains. Or, I don't know if George is retired. I don't follow the sport that much no more. But he trained George St. Pierre. He had a lot of guys. So I went from I went from Hanzo's to Coban's, from Coban's to Phil Nurse, from Phil's to uh, this guy, Master Toddy. Master Toddy used to have uh, Kevin Ross and all these – and Gina Carano and all these female yeah, fighters. Yeah, and then from uh, – then I, I went back. I think from Toddy's, I went back to Coban's. Then I went to the American Top Team right when they opened up. I was on American Top Team. I didn't know you were on American Top Team. Yeah, American Top Team had a kickboxing program. Uh, so I, I went to, uh, uh, I think it was, what, uh, was it Honey What's the place? Florida. Where, is it? Where are they in Florida? Uh, yeah, they were in Coconut Creek. Yeah, Coconut Creek. I went to Coconut Creek. I so didn't I was, know that. I didn't know you were Top Team down here. Yeah, I went to Coconut Creek right when they opened up. Yeah. And who, uh, who was, uh, that, who was met, the trainer there? Uh, I, I think his name was... Uh, the black, the black cobra. He was a kickboxing guy. He was a kickboxing guy under Saka Sam Fairtex. He was under Saka Sam. So I went there, and then I, I was there a very short time. You know. Yeah. Some of these places I went for a week or so, and I was like, ah, you know, I, I just split. Like Not Phil, Phil's, Phil's, I was out for like uh, maybe a year or so, and then uh, you know, Toddy's, I was there like a month or so. I just didn't. Like, some some gyms you fit in. It's it's like playing you know playing with people in a band. You know some people you can jam out with and it's great. You can go on tour and be the next Aerosmith. Yeah. Some people you get together. You know you're talented people. You just doesn't vibe and you just you just find people you vibe with. So so, so uh, let me ask you this though. So you when you, you being a fighter that okay you having some fights um how does it work with you joining a team? Is it just you joining their gym or do that you try out for them and then they look out for yeah, you? Yeah, like with, 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 Fair, with, Fair, with Fairtex, I tried out. Like Fairtex had a thing where you, you flew in and then you had to get a hotel and all that stuff. And you tried out for a week. I forget how much what it, it was like. But it was like $800 or something like that. And I went out there and I was coming from Coban's camp to, to train with Jumps on and try out for, for the Fairtex team. And I just got destroyed. I, got, I literally got my head split open by uh, Ryan Roy. I got taken to the hospital and I was there with my girlfriend at the time. And then uh, I was like, man, this sucks. I was dating this girl who was a fighter too, Myra Solis. I, I, never, I, don't, I haven't talked to her in years. I don't know what happened to her. She was uh, called the Punisher. And then uh, I came home and I was all beat up and all down. And I hustled all this money up again. I was like, we're going to again. And she's like, again, you got destroyed. Why would you want to do that again? So I went out the second time. I did a little bit better, but I, I still didn't make the team. I got destroyed. But in the process, my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, Myra, who I was saying, uh, was talking to the girl at the front desk, you know, just, you know, whatever. So when I went to leave, she was just like, hey, um, you ever think about being a Fairtex fighter? And I was like, yeah, that's why I came the last two times, but I didn't make it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have it. And then she's like, well, would, would you want to be a Fairtex fighter? And I said, yeah, like, what's, what's it matter, you know? And, uh, and then she's like, you know who my dad is? And I was like, yeah, isn't it like uh, uncle, the janitor? I thought her dad was the janitor. And she's like, no. She's like, my, my father owns all this. And I was like, what? She's like, my father's Philip Wong. And I was like, holy shit. And then he's like, would you want to be a Fairtex fighter? I, I, I like your personality. I like you. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, and I was like, but they don't like me. She's like, don't worry about that. She gave me a, she had a badge. She gave me a bag of gloves and shorts and hand wraps and all this shit. She's like, bang. She's like, whenever you can come back, 
uh, come back. And I went, I was working at a place called Wawa at the time. And then uh, my, my, my manager, this guy, Raphael, he was super cool. So I would come and work at Wawa for a month. And then at that time, they had like different leaves you could do, you know, like you had mental leave or stress leave. So you put me down for stress leave one month. Then I'd go to Fairtex for one month. Then I'd come back home and I'd come work for a month or two. Then he'd be like, uh, you know, family distress, like all, like all these things that you couldn't get fired for, but you could have long-term period yeah, off. Yeah. That, that year I got so much better because I spent six months basically with me and Jongsan. And then I just started just crushing everybody, you know, yeah. out, so, out of my own. Uh, out of my four world titles, I got three of them under the training of Jumps on Fairtex, and I got uh, one title under Notre Dame, my original manager and coach. Yeah, yeah and, and then I know you ended up in Thailand, right? Was that after yeah, that or I, in between? I, I, uh, no, with, with Fairtex, I ended up representing America in a – it's called IFMA, you know? And then uh, I, I went out there to Thailand to represent our country. It's it's all, all, all the best fighters of in the world for their weight bracket. So there's like a, a A team and a B team. So there's one person with everybody. So you, you you would have like you know Andy Sauer, Yard Saint Goliath. All these guys would be on the A team because they were like semi pros, like yeah. all over the world. But they're representing their countries. And then there would be like a B team, and that would be like my level guys. You know, like yeah. you know, I, I, at one point, not not anymore. I was number one in America, 17th in the world for the WBC, WBC boxing. That, I never got the WBC title. I got some scars to try and get it, but uh, I never got it. But, uh, How long were you in Thailand training for? I, I I lived there six months. I lived in Thailand six months. I lived in uh, Netherlands uh, for six months. I was in Iceland for a month. I was in Italy for a month. I was in Japan for a month. I was in England for a month. Uh, well, wherever wherever the best fighter in the world was is like I wanted to go there, and I was very smart because I didn't have training at home. I would like they didn't, they didn't have YouTube back then. They didn't have like the internet as much as it was. I would like be pen pals. Like I'd go to Thailand and I'd, I'd meet my friend Dave from Australia. What's up, Dave? And um, I, would, I would like, you know, I'd call him on the phone. I was like, yo, what's up, mate? What videos you got? Or what, what VHSs you got? He's like, oh, I got, I got the brand new, like, you know, uh, Meltzer Maynor versus Danny Steele. Oh, I got, and I was like, oh, I got, uh, you know, Saka Sam Fairtex versus this guy. He's like, okay, we trade. So I'd burn a, a VHS off it and send it to Australia and that shit would come and I'd watch. And that's how I got picking up different styles. You know, there was a like Danny Bill. He's a he was a South American fighter. He was really slick. He used to bash all the ties, but he would switch around. I kind of like Phil Nair style, but a little bit more aggressive. You know, and I, I I would watch Danny Bill, and I was like, all right, he's good now. Now I'd be like, who beat Danny Bill? So I'd call around like, hey, anyone have a video of Danny Bill losing? And then like they'd be like, oh, this guy beat him, and I'd watch it. I was like, all right, how did he beat this guy? And that's how I started getting my own style. You know, I always wanted. Uh, the guys I liked watching were the very slick guys, but I never really fought slick. I was an ogre. Yeah, yeah. And, and training in Thailand must have been rough. They're very brutal, especially with Falang. That means yeah, foreign. Yeah, yeah, it, it was different. I, I was there. I was there. Like, there's levels of training in Thailand. Everyone's like, "Oh, I go went there, and you know, it was beautiful. This and that. Yeah, because you're staying in a fancy hotel. You're not staying like a Thai. When I went. I went to my manager at the time. My manager was Mimi. The, the, that was the lady who picked me up originally at Fairtex. I was like, yo, I want to live like the Thais do. Like, I want to experience it for real. So I didn't have a fancy room. I had a room with a fan. Like, that was like the as fancy as it got. It was hot. Yeah. There was like, uh, you know, 12, 15 other people in this room with me. You know? And, it, you know, you, you'd watch these kids. Like, they would just train. They would wake up and you had to run and come home. And you had to hit pads. And you had to do your push-ups and sit-ups. Then you ate. Then you'd go, and they were like, nap time. They were, you were in control, you know? 
everyone says how beautiful it is and stuff like that. But if you're there, like it's not. It's, if you live it, the real life, it's not, not as glamorous as glamorous as it they make it look to be. And and know? let me ask. So 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 you got you had got to train with a lot of pros from around the world. So you learn different styles of training. Yes. Do you think? Yes. And obviously the ties. That's their shit. That's the OGs of that. But also, I know they do a lot of old style training, which some new people think you don't need to do a lot of the things because it's, it's very hard on the body. Do you think that um, a lot of that's not a lot of that stuff, that some of that stuff was like maybe not as necessary to like, let's say, the, the more European style way of training? Because then you went to Holland and trained. I, I was in Holland, the European style. Like, the ties are more laid back in their training. I mean, by laid back, like they're not trying to kill each other. You try to oh. kill the pads. You work the pads hard, sparring. Like, you really don't box boxing and kickbox that much in in Thai boxing. In a, uh, training in Thailand, you clinch a lot for conditioning. In Holland, like, it was like that bell rang. And it was game on. That's why I liked it. Like you, you'd be sparring, and they didn't have a ring per se. It was like, especially at Majiro's, it was a small room, and you hear boom, and you're behind you, and you knew not to look because you're going to follow that guy who just got knocked out. You just step over him and keep sparring. Like it was, it was way, way more tough sparring in, in Holland. Yeah, because um, I always, at, some people I always say wondered that the Thai style. Them. I know it's real brutal on the body because I would watch tapes and I was like, man, these, well, a lot of drilling for sure. Yeah. And then I know the Dutch style was a lot. They love the knockouts. They love the, the big. The yeah. I mean, I, when, when you train in Holland, it's a, it's 110%. It's a, you know, I was at uh three different gyms when I was in Holland. I was there, I was there for six months. I was at a Giro gym, which made Rob came in, which made Andy Sauer, which, uh, uh, trying to slip, uh, like, all these, all these K1 guys all came from there. And then the second time I went back, I was at Sour Power with Andy Sour, who was the world champion at the time. K1 Max, a champion, a Shudo champion. Um, you know, I st still fighting today. And then the third time I went back, I went to uh, CSA uh, Holland, which is different than CSA America. And then they, they were basically, I was there with as a guest of Dwayne Ludwig. He brought me with him, you know, just for like someone to talk to and support. Uh, he was getting ready for his uh, last UFC fight, and I was getting ready to fight for the glory tournament I did. So then we were just hanging out and having a good time, like you know, keep, keep you know when you're when you're at those at those camps, it's kind of like being in solitary in jail. Like some places you go there, you can't speak the language, you know, and that's how I can speak a little Thai. I don't speak any Dutch. I speak a little Thai for being there so long, but it's always good to have a friend with you. You know, you know how it is being on the road. It's like a yeah, phone call. That's home. when you got into glory was around that time. Yeah. The, uh, when I was hanging out with Dwayne Ludwig, like, I got the glory. I tried out for K1. K1 had uh, tryouts in uh, Muscle Beach in uh, California. And then uh, I didn't get picked. And then uh, K1, uh, someone, uh, K1 representative, Air K Craft called me on the phone. I was just like, hey, did you sign with K1? And I said, no, uh, I'm waiting to see what happens. He's like, don't sign with K1. And I was like, why? He's like, just, just don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then I knew something was kind of going to happen. And then like two weeks later, I got a phone call and I got put into the Road to Glory tournament. And, and I, I had to, I, at that time period, I had the fastest knockout. That yeah, was, no, that's what I wanted to talk to you. You have the fastest knockout, and that was their yeah. – I, I just Googled the other day. Someone beat me. They have an eight-second knockout now. I don't know how the fuck they did that. All right, but. we're not going to count that. We're going to count yours. <laughs> you had that title. When that happened in, the, in that Glory tournament or before? A glory tournament. I happened in a glory tournament. Yeah, How road, many road to glory. That? Brought all, all the best middle uh, middleweights in, and we all fought. And whoever fought that night and won 
we got two hundred thousand dollars. I got I eliminated the second round. I lost on points, and I got I got ten thousand dollars. That was a shock, you know, a sad day. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I have a fastest knockout the first round, and then I fought uh, Brett. This guy Brett from the Watt uh, Hacker Check. I can't pronounce his last name probably proper, but uh, he beat me on points. And then I got out of the ring, and at that time I had a a, a big titty stripper girlfriend. I was like, never gonna do this again. It was only going on the way down, and then I just that was my retirement fight. Oh, so that that is when you stopped fighting professionally. Yeah, yeah, professionally. You know, I, I just I just knew like you get to the point, you know, it's like you get to FC, and then you see all these guys now they're doing bare knuckle. That's like the the way down. And I just, yeah. I wanted to keep a couple of the brain cells I still had left, and I you know on the way down like you get to this point, especially in mixed martial arts, you get high level, and on the way down everyone starts talking shit. You start losing or whatever. They just you just ruin your name. I'd rather retire on the high point of my career. You know, like what what else could I possibly do to knock someone out in the at that time in the biggest striking league in the world with the fastest so, knockout war? Yeah, so you want to be someone's highlight radio. You won four titles. What were those four titles? You remember for who and for when and what? Yeah, I I got the IKF title. I had the WKA title. I had uh, the IKKC title, and I had the US. USMF title, and I, I got them all. I won them all in America, but they were international titles. I got What's the one that you you like? This is my this title is the one that means the most to me. Oh, uh, I mean, they, they all have like the meaning. They all have some meaning. Everyone has a certain meaning. Like yeah. like fancy, has like bling wise. I like the USMF title. That <laughs> one has the most bling, you know. But I always wanted the WBC title. I, I fought three times, and I I, I lost three times to that. I, that was a nice one. That's the one that Tyson has all the, all the uh, top yeah, boxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the, the well, let me ask you this. How long did you train, like, officially before winning your first title? Uh, maybe a year or so. Year, years, years. So. Like, I mean, I, I, yeah, probably a year. That's you know? good. Yeah, that's crazy. But I try hey, – people, people – didn't look back then people didn't train as much you know like i trained every every day you yeah. know i was always doing something and i would i would do conditioning and you know, all this stuff you know but six seven right. days a week the thing that i like about you know the way you came up like and the way you since especially back then you know you didn't have the internet you didn't have you had to go to the source you made it happen because you really wanted it that's why you became a champion when you really want yeah. something Search it yeah, out. You also got to train with a lot of OGs, you know, um, yes. in the game. Who was your favorite fighter of all time? Oh, wow. That's a good one. You say boxing guy, I, I like everything about that guy. If I had a mold, you know, if I had to pick one dude, it's this this guy. Who would that be? Kickboxing or MMA? Um, I'm kickboxing. Uh, Raymond Decker. Raymond Decker was the of course. man. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, Raymond Decker. Uh, uh, even before, like, way before my time, like in, like the early '90s, late '80s, he would go to he would go to Thailand and just crush everybody. Go France, everywhere. He was a, a small Dutch Dutch guy. His stepfather owned a kickboxing gym called Gold Glory, and uh, he just went and crushed the world. Uh, Raymond passed away. I actually had a tattoo for Raymond and passed away a couple of years ago. He was riding his bicycle and had a heart attack and, and passed away. And, and, uh, he was, and, uh, that was, Raymond Decker was Golden Glory. Yes, he was Golden Glory. Shout out to Arnold Cromag, rest in peace, my good friend. 
who ran a martial arts store in Eindhoven in Holland and an old martial artist. And he, and he used to, um, you know, um, um, they used to uh, support all the golden glory guys. And like I tell yeah. you, I got some, um, um, semi show um, um, gloves from golden glory signed to me that Arnold got me many, many years ago. So shout out to all my Dutch guys, all my golden glory fans and all, and everybody, Ernesto Hoost, remember him? Not I, I trained with Ernesto. I, I did a, I did a three day seminar with Ernesto and, um, where was that? Down, down south somewhere. I can't remember where. But yeah, I knew Ernesto. Yeah, Ernesto. I I, I knew. I lived, I lived at Andy Sauer's house for two months. Yeah. Um, Again, that dude. That dude's a killer. Yeah, and Andy, and super, super. Like all the Dutch guys have really good hearts. They're like really like nice, like nice people. Like you walk around the town, everyone's friendly. That's why I liked about how I, I, I didn't even part. I was straight edge. My whole fight career, I was straight edge. I never had a drink. I never had no drugs, whatever. And then, then I'm living in, in Amsterdam, where like all that stuff is everywhere, you know. But so, so yeah, all Dutch people are just so nice. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to all my Dutch family. My son's half yeah. Dutch, so I got a big connection. And I'm actually gonna have my boy Remco Pardo. Jiu-Jitsu who was in the early UFC. I'm going to have him on, too. So everybody look out for that. But, yeah, the Dutch are amazing people. They're sweet. And, they, you know, for such nice people, when it comes to the kickboxing game, they're, they're savages. You know, they're, they're very oh, – yeah. Everything they do. Everything they do. You know, soccer. Soccer, they're, they're really good. I remember being okay, with Andy. They're and good we at the AX. We went to AX, see the AX play, and the Dutch teams play. Yeah. yeah. And my homegirl, my homegirl's still tearing it up in the UFC, Jermaine Rodami. Shout out to Jermaine. Yeah, so you, you, you trained with her a lot, right? Oh, yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine's my homegirl. She, she's crazy. I like her. Tough, she, tough girl, right? Yeah. I know she was used to fight guys. I always used to hear about her. She, 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 she boxed grown men. She, she boxed men. Uh, man, like, she, when we first started sparring, she would fucking kick me so fucking hard until <laughs> I got used to all that shit. I ha yeah, she came to my town. I had her in my town for a couple of weeks training with me. Uh, yeah, she's doing. She's tearing it up in the UFC. She's another UFC. I just talked to her the other day. She's another UFC fight coming up. So yeah, that's cool. that's right. You know, I always shout out girl power because I learned also from like you know when you train martial arts, man. Yo, girls, man, they don't 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 think that you know because they're not a man, they can't fuck you up. There's some hard ass girls out there. I back girl oh. power. You know, when a girl wants something, they go for it and they go all out. There's something about yeah. who want something, you can't stop them. Like all the girls that want me, you, know, <laughs> you just can't stop them, huh? There's only one out there I'm waiting to get, and she knows who she is. But I won't say I won't say her name because of I don't want to jinx it. But yeah, <laughs> and, um, but uh, but I'm not yet. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, that's what I love about you know the fight game in general. Is like if you're a human, you have it in you. You know, even if it's for uh, exercising or to relieve tension, it's a it's a good way to to get you know get shit out. You know what I mean? Or get in shape and all that shit. And um, you're training again now. That's the that's yeah. What I, I, I just started because I want to do the security thing. So you know, I, I want I want to have the look. You know, like I, I was at the Rainbow Room and I'm, I'm hanging out with some guys that uh, did security for Slayer. Shout out to Warren. I'm training Warren now too. Our brother Warren, Warren Lee, uh, uh, Slayer um, Lee, Road no, Crew. No, no. I'm helping him out with his boxing kickboxing. But uh, I'm hanging out with these dudes that are just so massive. Like big, big Dave is like like six, seven, you no, know, four hundred pounds. I'm like, man, how can I compete with these guys? So I got to get the look. So I started kickboxing again, trying to get the weight down. I'm gonna do some a poly uh, 
get some weight training in, I got to hire a weight training coach or something. I don't know about that. Never no, I'm glad. My whole, my, whole, my whole career, I was trying to get smaller. I never tried to get bigger. Now, yeah. as, as a, uh, you know, doing the security, you got to be bigger, you know, so I'm trying to get some yeah. size on. I'm glad. And I would, like, I, you know, you remember, I would always tell you, man, you should be fucking training. I was like, um, you know, um, of course, you know, you weren't um, fighting professionally no more. But I remember thinking, I was like, man, a guy with your resume and who came up the way you did, I was like, you should be doing something with it. So I got, I, I got M for you once you started thinking, yo, let me get into the, for everybody out there, he, he's get he's a, he works, he does bodyguard work and security. And he's actually going to, he's going back to, to get his license cool. from a, a real, you know, top notch spot. So if anybody out there is going to need some security or somebody ass kicked, he's the man to call, but I'm, I'm glad you started training again in that. And then I, what, what really got me amped is I saw you taking it seriously. I saw you in the gym a lot and, and really getting it in. And I said, okay, if this guy really wants to get it in, he knows what he got to do. And yeah, yeah. got me motivated. Yeah. Now, now, now I'm helping out some other people. Uh, ben, ben from Dillinger escape plan and suicidal tendencies. I go, I go train with him. He wants to stay in shape because you guys ain't playing now, so he wants to be in shape. So when the phone call does come, he can jump on stage and do his crazy flips and everything he does. Yeah. And I started training with, like I was saying, Warren from the Slayer crew. He wanted to get his hands better. You know, if someone wants to take me on the road also, and, and I can do both, you know, multitask. Yeah, you got to do security. Who did you go out with? You did a couple of bands already, right? You helped out? Yeah, I, I did Lars and Old Firm Casuals. I did Madball. Uh, I mean, way, way back in the day, I did uh, – Vince Neal for a couple of days. It wasn't like a whole tour. He was in my town. And I took care of Vince Neal for like two days, three days. I'd, I'd get us autographed things. Uh, I mean, I, I worked for many, many venues for a lot of bands for like two or three days on the whole tour, you know. And I did a lot of female, did a lot of female, I did some female actresses. I went out with Christina Rose on tour two or three times now. I went doing strip clubs things and some other people. I, I worked with, uh, Small Hands and Joanna Angel. Uh, Joanna Angel was always the hardcore scene in New York girl. So I, I did some security for them on the road. So it yeah, was pretty good. That's, Burning that's Angel that's crew. Good. You got a lot of stuff under your belt. And, and that's the thing. Um, yeah. And, and, and now you're, yeah, and now um, you're, in a, you're trying to get licensed for some real big dog shit, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, got, I got licensed in California already. But uh, I'm trying to get like, uh, uh, like a school. You know, it's like... You, you know, anyone can do it. Anyone can say they can do it, but it's like going to the Gracie Academy. Now I'm going to these people have president. Like they, they did Reagan and different people like that. Like they know what they're doing. They're going to just help me fine, t fine tune my skills. You know, I, I worked for this, I worked for this uh, rap band and it got a little bit crazy. Like there was fights breaking out. The band never got hurt or not, the people never got close to the band. I got them out there and everything was good. But I was like, I can do this job better. You know, it's kind of like sparring, it's kind of like sparring, you get knocked down or get lumped up a little bit and you look in the mirror the next day, you're like, I can do better. And that was my whole thing. I was like, how can I do better? No, no one's going to give you advice for free. So now I'm just going to go out and do it, do a hundred percent, go to school, hopefully kick ass in this school and go with it. From there. Look at like my fight career. Look at like everything in life, you know, always keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Just keep, keep working for it. That's my, my outlook. Yeah. And um, so obviously we know, you know, you, you, the, the security, is, is is the goal are you trained do you want to tr keep training people also is that another avenue you people could hit you up about i mean yeah like i mean yeah you know if, if it's on my schedule and based on what i'm doing what, what i'm doing and where i am like uh 
I'm East Coast based at the moment, but I definitely want to get back out to the West Coast. I, I like the West Coast vibe. I like the Hollywood vibe. I definitely want to get back out there. So, if, uh, you know, and my, my, my second trainer, Koban, is uh, at the Boxing Academy now, or Kickboxing Academy in uh, L.A. So he's like, yo, when you come back out, let's hook up. So that's another way of getting out there. You know? Yeah, that's good. And, you know, training is good because it keeps you in shape. You know, you, you know, also it keeps you, you know, it teaches you patience. Yeah, it keeps, keeps your aggressive levels down. Yeah, you don't get so aggressive with people and so quick to uh, to fight. A anymore, everyone just talks online. It's, it's easy to talk online. It's, it's another thing when you see someone face to face, you know. That's the thing. Yeah, everyone, exactly. Everyone, and, and right now for training, what are you doing back in the gym? Like you just doing heavy bag work? Are you? Yeah, trying to I, 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 I was I was sparring there for a while, but then my, my sparring partner got injured, so uh, he hasn't came for like the last three or four weeks. I just do treadmill work. I've been running and, and kicking, kicking the bag and stuff like that. You know, just heavy bag work and, and just cardio. You know, jump roping. I like doing the Dutch the Dutch drills. The Dutch drills are always the best. You know? Yeah, and and at the at the gym you're at right now, um, that's where you're training. Um, do you train any people out of there? No, no. I, I have sparring partners and, and spar here. You know, the, the gym have their own staff and stuff. I used to work here when they first opened up and helped them get started. Then we separated ways. You know. Yeah. What's your favorite band to listen to when you're fucking training? I, I actually listen. I listen to 80s dance music. It's really fucking. You know weird. what's up. You, you know that's my shit. I love it. My, my whole my whole my whole fight career, like I listen to it, like boom boom boom. Let's go back <laughs> to my room. You know, like like eighties dance music is my shit. You know, in Europe, they're like, oh, we listen to music, like, dance music. I'm like, I love this stuff. You know, yeah, Europe, a little bit more yeah but I, I love I, all of my whole career. I listen to eighties dance music. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good shit, man. But yo, I'm glad I got you on, everybody. So you're a look out for him in the future if you need any security work. And if you're in town, hit him up if you want to learn from a two-and-a-half-time world champion. All right, four-time world champion. Four-time champion. Uh, look, uh, hit me up on my Instagram. Say the best way to get a hold of me is uh, hooligan under slash 5150. You can get a hold of me on my Instagram for, for yeah, lessons or, or whatever. You could catch him there. You could catch him at an old firm casual show. You could catch him at a mad ball show. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I gotta get next time we get together. I, I want you know I, I gotta work on my uh, my overhand right. So um, all right, I got you. I you got know, you. so um, that way I don't just knock people out with this one. I could give them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but yeah, no trouble. Shit, man. I'm glad. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're taking that shit seriously. You know, um, you're gonna kill it. On the show. You you know what's up. <laughs> Keep your eye on that prize, and um. Yo, if any, you can follow him on Instagram. You can go check out his YouTube videos. Um, nice. You can catch him at a hardcore show. You can catch him at a strip club. <laughs> catch him drinking or doing something else. You tell him you're going to tell all your rock so that way I can keep him in check. Because I ain't scared of that fastest knockout. All right. All right, yo. One love, brother. You know what? Mad love and keep doing what you're doing and we'll talk soon. Thank you. See you later. Yo, peace Ooh. out.